Hello, and welcome to Academy Conversations Uncut, a podcast of rare Q&As with the world's foremost filmmakers, hosted by the Academy and released for the first time to the public, unedited. Today's panel was recorded in November 2019 at the Samuel Goldwyn Theater in Beverly Hills, California. Discussing the Academy Award-winning movie, Marriage Story, a drama that follows an actress and theater director through their destructive bi-coastal divorce, we were joined by producer, writer, and director Noah Bombach, actors Alan Alda and Julie Haggerty, and producer David Heyman. The panel was hosted by Dave Carker. Here's Dave. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Dave Carger. I'm a host on Turner Classic Movies. I have the pleasure of introducing you to four of the people who brought this phenomenal film to the screen. So please help me welcome them, starting off with the producer of the film, an Academy Award nominee for Gravity, David Heyman. From the cast, the wonderful Julie Haggerty. And an Oscar nominee for The Aviator, Alan Alda. And producer, writer, and director, also an Academy Award nominee for The Squid and the Whale, Noah Baumbach. I did a chat with you guys. I did a chat with you guys a couple weeks ago in New York. I like being out here doing a chat with you because I feel like there's more space in the, in the, in the theater. There definitely is more yeah. space in the theater. Is there any apprehension showing this movie to an L.A. crowd? L.A. takes a bit of a beating at certain points in the movie. I feel like it's loving, too, to L.A. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think whatever, I hope whatever, you know, humor we get. I mean, the, the last shot is the space, you That's know, right. and, it, and, 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 and we mean it there. You That's know, right. it's not a joke. I normally wouldn't ask a director to expound on the title of his or her film, but because you've made this beautiful, meticulous exploration of a divorce and called it Marriage Story, I'm, I love the decision and I'm curious what was behind it. Well, I, I always thought of it as a love story. And there's this, there's this you know, there's that sort of philosophy of that, uh, or something, I, a philosopher I, I know has said, and I don't know who it is, uh, I, I should probably learn it so I can answer the question better. Uh, but, uh, but this sort of notion that when something stops working, you take notice of it in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. So a door doesn't open, you look at the door, you, well, you know, otherwise you just open it, you don't think about the door. I mean, we all deal, deal with that with cars, you know, you open up the hood, suddenly you're like, well, how does this thing work? You know, when we all just kind of go about our lives. And I thought, well, in a sense, could, that, that a divorce could, could reflect on a marriage the same way. Yeah. Alan, what are your recollections of your first interactions with Noah when he heard, when you were talking about doing this film, and what your response was when you read the script and particularly the character of Bert Spitz. Well, I, what impressed me the most was the beautiful writing of the, the whole script, which always interests me more than the character I'm going to play. I, want to, I, want, I don't want to be in a movie I wouldn't want to go see. I don't know if everybody feels that way. Right. <laughs> 
But uh, the thing that impressed me is what you were just talking about, that Noah managed to make a movie about a divorce that really is a love story. And the, 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 the interesting thing is in a, in a marriage, you have to learn to collaborate. You have to learn to cooperate. But when that falls apart and you get a divorce, you actually have to cooperate better during a divorce than you did during the marriage, which is ironic. Yeah. And Noah shows that. He shows how difficult it is and how underneath it all, they do love each other. And I think that's, a, that's a, an amazing accomplishment that Noah has achieved. And I'm, I'm so glad to have been able to be there with him while he did it. My first impression of Noah on the set, which you did ask me about, I was answering another question. No, it's good. My first impression of Noah was how relaxed he was and how open he was. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't give the impression of being somebody who had the whole movie in his head, which every director does, mm. and leads to sometimes... Uh, vagueness he was very available mm. and i really appreciated that mm. and he was right there with us all the time right while we were f doing figuring out the scenes mm. it was not to do it this way or else you know right julie your character is fascinating to me because in in some ways we meet a lot of people particularly the attorneys who are kind of on charlie's team or on nicole's team and we see you as kind of rooting for both of them and, and uh, you know, on both of their sides. Did you see it that way? And if so, how did that affect the way that you played her? Well, I, she's from the, uh, you know, the generation of that you work it out or of the feeling. And she loves everybody and wants it. But then, you know, she kind of changes a little like, oh, okay, there is a separation. So um, it's... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Did how about when you saw when you saw the finished product for the first time? Because I do think that is one of the interesting things about it is that as an audience, our allegiances are shifting as well, yes. and that's really fascinating. Also, in through the lens of your character. Well, I feel in the movie when you, the, the picture when you watch it, you root for your feelings change it's in life when things happen you kind of believe that story and then that story changes and you go over there but that's the perfection I think of Noah's storytelling and that it's 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 so inc we were just talking a little minute ago about the fact that the language when you see it, we were listening and we didn't know that it was the movie. We thought we were hearing people speaking. And it's it's really hard to memorize <laughs> because it's so honest and how you talk and you think, oh, that's easy. But it's it's not easy because it's not phony. Right. David, in many ways, this project is a combination of so many kind of mini genres in one film. You have physical comedy, you have domestic story, you have this kind of courtroom aspect. It's almost a musical in, in some ways. How did that affect horror? horror <laughs> right. How did that affect the way that you did your job from a kind of production standpoint? 
from a beautiful point of view, and I probably shouldn't say this, but it was relatively straightforward <laughs> because Noah is such a great communicator, a great communicator to his cast, a great communicator to his production designer, costume designer, um, cameraman, everybody. He's, he, he has the film very much in his head and yet he is open to the process of to, to collaboration and he loves conversation and discussion. I mean, when we were talking about the script, we would talk for days about it. And uh, Noah loves to sort of stress test his ideas and explore and go on the journey. And yet he has always such clarity and um, is very, he's a brilliant, um, expressive communicator. So you know exactly what he wants. So from my point of view, um, I suppose the greatest, you know, one, it was my first film with Noah, so getting to know him and his specific ways of working. But really, I suppose my biggest role was helping him create the space for him to do the work that he does. He creates a very intimate space for every, and in which everybody feels safe to do the work. Um, you know, you can see that these actors and Adam and Scarlett, and, you know, go to a very, um, they're very brave, and they, you know, they're Noah and they dare to fail, which I think is a, a remarkable thing to be a part of. It's sort of pushing the envelope and that sort of high wire act. And it's sort of creating the space for Noah and everybody to do the work that they do. Noah, I just adore the what I love about Charlie and what I love about Nicole montages at the beginning of the film. Did you decide to accomplish all of those like in a matter of shooting dates or was it the kind of thing where you would pick up little moments here and there as you could and then you know obviously get it all together in the edit well they were they, they were mostly together because they were all in new york because we and we shot los angeles first and then we went to to new york for the last two weeks or so and so um so in that way they were um uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was some we got, you know, it sort of picked off at, you know, if we were in a location that, um, uh, but it was, it was, you know, that, that we, we shot it differently than we shot the rest of the movie. I mean, it's, it, it's all handheld in the beginning. Um, and, uh, there's a kind of, a certain intimacy to it. And we'd already, you know, which is interesting because we had already shot most of, or at least a, a big chunk of the, the movie beforehand. So um, we were kind of changing styles in the middle of the shoot. Uh, but, you know, I felt like, you know, it would, it should have this sort of immediacy and this, and casualness too, because it's, it's, it's epic because it's, you're saying what you love about a person. It's, I mean, that's everything, but it's, but it's also just the stuff that passes by unnoticed. You know, it's, 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 it's our days, you know, and, and, and it's only highlighted by the fact that, you know, he's saying, I see you and I, and I'm going to point this out. And she's saying, I see you and I'm going to point this out. Um, uh, or at least they're saying it in their heads. And so, um, so we, we shot it that way, knowing of course that the rest of the movie were, you know, and also it's, 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 there's so much, you know, again, talking about space, there's so much, it's, it's very much about home too, uh, or at least what we all kind of associate with home, their home. Um, a lot of it takes place in their home or their home, the, the city, you know, the New York that where they are, Brooklyn specifically. Um, 
But as the movie is going to go, this sort of notion of what is home is going to change or it's going to be challenged and it's and it's going to be fought over it's going to be distorted it's going to and and so um i also knew that we robbie ryan who shot the movie with me um uh uh you know we were going to be then in all these sort of transitional spaces sort of things that don't feel like home places that are sterile and, and impersonal by design, offices, uh, rehearsal, room. rehearsal room even, yeah, um, cars, rental cars, like nothing is actually owned by anybody, or certainly not by Charlie in the middle of the movie. And even Nicole is in a transitional space, it's it's her home, it's her childhood home, but is that home anymore? It's something else now, it's it's her mom is home and her father's no longer alive, and so it's, you know, it, it, they're, 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 I felt like all of that kind of was in the story and we were looking for kind of visual uh, ways to accentuate them. I was just thinking when I watched the, the movie for the second time, you know, where there's these scenes with Scarlett, you know, with pages and pages of dialogue in that great scene with Laura, I thought to myself, was there a day where they were like, okay, set up the Monopoly board, let's get that five second shot. Now quick, go to the bathroom, we gotta do the haircut. And But uh, hopefully it wasn't as frantic as maybe it was in my head. Uh. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody can relate. I mean, there, there are many days on movies where it feels that way, you know, <laughs> where you're, yeah, you're like, just, I don't just get their hand on the thing and the pencil and the, yeah, the, um, you know, we'll get the cookies, get the cookies. Uh, um, uh, but, um, but I, no, I think for, for the opening, we wanted, I wanted to make sure we had the time with it because it, it, even though it's all these little pieces, you, 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 it, it's so important that they feel lived in and the flow of it and the design and, and, you know, so they would play Monopoly and we would, you know, th there were scripted lines in there, but it was also a way to just get everybody and also working with Eji, who is such a wonderful, the plays Henry, the boy is, is such a, I mean, really just a wonderful actor, right. but also... You know, he was eight, and and so there's also a kind of, you know, that influences how you you know go into some of these scenes and sort of sense of play. And he said a wonderful thing, the boy, when he saw the movie for the first time. He said, oh, "I was so young." <laughs> That's great. Um, I do want to talk about. Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, Laura Dern. I mean, three performances that I'm just never going to forget. All three so terrific. Yes, Alan, you have moments, <laughs> scenes with Adam and Laura. Julie, you have scenes with Adam and Scarlett. What are things that stick out when you, the two of you each think about those cast members and working with them? The main thing that sticks out is their generosity and um, true kindness and, and fun. I mean, trying to pick Adam up, you know? I mean, and sometimes he kind of, because we did it a few times, he would kind of go, you know, and try and be helpful. Uh, but it, it, you created a space for us all to have um, our freedom and joy and, and trust and playfulness. And in all that stuff that goes on. So thank you for that, Noah. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, I most of my scenes were with Adam, uh, and I was struck immediately by how genuine he was, both on camera and off camera. Mm. He's he's really himself, and he he knows who he is as a person, and that really 
helps him be who he has to be when he plays a character. And he's able to find in himself the spare parts for whatever character he's playing, no matter how different that is from who you see when you meet him. I saw him in the same week that I saw this movie for the first time, I saw him play a completely different character in Burn This on Broadway. I mean, they're polar opposites. And you, if you only saw one of them, you'd say, well, of course, he's just playing himself. Mm-hmm. Because there was no artifice. It, he just was the person. And he is the person when you talk to him. And I, I'm very, very fond of him. We got to be good friends right away, mm-hmm. which is easy to do because there's no, there's no crap with him. He's really, he's really honest. David, your list of credits is fascinating. I mentioned Gravity, for which you got a Best Picture nomination, all of the Harry Potter films. Uh, this is such a really interesting addition to what you've done. You've done you know, more intimate films as well. How would you say working on this project might have been different from other things that you've done? <clears throat> no, every film is different. Uh, every film is its own journey. and. Uh, um, you know, for me, it was getting to know Noah. I'd met Noah, you know, many, many years ago and always wanted to work with him, but this was our first uh, time doing it. Um, you know, it, 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 the specific, when you work with a great director like an Alfonso or a Quentin Tarantino or Noah Baumbach, you know, you're dealing with people who have a very, very specific point of view. And so Noah is, inc- you know, his direction is over every frame of this film. And yet, it may not immediately be apparent. His direction is very discreet, but every cut point, the sound, I mean, we were talking the other day about the sound of an air conditioner going off, um, the timing of those of, 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 of that, the color of a wall, the, the, the nature of a costume, you know, sure, directors are involved in that, but the specificity of Noah, um, was something that I was really um, aware of and his ability to communicate that um, succinctly and um, calmly, hmm. but with passion um, was, you know, it's just a gift to a producer. So, you know, every film is different. Um, this was a gift in so many ways, um, you know, that balance between humor and tragedy um, and, and to turn it on a dime, um, it was something really, uh, you know, it, it was there in the script, but seeing it come to life was an amazing thing. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I was going to say, because we were you, to your previous question and we talked about Adam, I was just going to say something about Scarlet, which I think, I mean, the... Um, uh, you know, her, the monologue she delivers in Nora's office, which is, I think was like six, seven pages and, and, and it was always going to be one take. So, um, and we shot on film. So we, we'd, we'd always have to have a new mag or else we'd roll out, you know, we, which would be a disaster at that point. Um, you know, and as a director, you're directing, when you're directing like a really long take, it is, I mean, you're both like, you know, you're thinking about the scene, what the performance thing, but you're also at a certain point if it's going well, you really are just like holding on, like, is this, you know, are we going to make it to the end? You know, because there is no other way, you know, a great take three that's three quarters long is never going to, you can't use it. So um, she was, I mean, thing we talked about in that, in that 
for that scene was also that I wanted her to kind of live it as she said it, you know, that it should almost feel like a theatrical monologue in a sense of like, uh, you know, somebody in a play maybe walks down to the, you know, to the footlights and sort of tells a story. And so when she's, she's, you know, when times are good, she's happy when times are, you know, that, so it was a lot for her too, not only, you know, the, the sort of journey of the, of the story, even as it is, but also it required a lot of her every take. Um, but I could give her a note. We would finish a take and, 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 you know, I could say something, you know, maybe you could try, you know, and, and, you know, you're flipping through the sides like here. Yeah. And it could be four minutes into it. And, and she could, she could take that in and then she could, she, she could do the whole thing. And it was like, like almost sort of like, like I, I, I felt like watching like a great athlete do what they do best. She could make the adjustment and, you know, while still doing everything, you know, in the same mode of, of everything, you know, the, the, the way she'd done it before, things we liked, things we wanted again, um, and make these just precise changes throughout while being emotionally available, you know, uh, true to the moment. I mean, it was really, uh, it was one of the earlier things we shot, and I really felt like, you know, I, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a kind of a great way to get to know an actor, <laughs> you know. <laughs> How long did it take to reset every time Adam punched a hole in the wall? Uh, well, we had we had a we we sometimes we'd flip the wall. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, we had a wall for the for the for the, the so because it would break. How many away. times did he hit the wall? Many. <laughs> um, there's a still from the movie actually, which was I just saw. We, we were looking at some stills, and and it's me and Adam and Scarlett in that room talking. And there's a vacuum cleaner over in the corner, which I was sort of like, I don't, that, that shouldn't be in the shop. But then I was like, oh no, because they, they always have to, because th there'd be all this debris, they'd have to vacuum up. And Adam is actually sitting and listening very carefully to sort of what Alan was saying, like really taking in the notes or whatever I'm saying. And uh, he's holding an ice pack on his hand oh, just wow. the whole time. Because he really, even though it was a breakaway wall, it really would, you know, that's, I mean, that whole sequence, they both were, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it was the hard, most, the hardest thing I've ever had to shoot as a director because it was so, it required so much from everybody. I mean, and particularly the two of them. Um, and they, it, we shot it over two days. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's like an 11 page scene. It's, it, it's, there are a lot of long scenes in this movie and, and um, it, it was extensively choreographed and rehearsed. So, um, and the camera moves in on them as the scene goes on too, right? To some degree, yes. And we have these very specific close-ups. And I always, the, 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 the thing even in the close-up, Jen Lame, who, who uh, edits the movies with me, and um, we've, this is like our fifth movie together now, um, when we had designed when we would cut. So, so I would say, like, you know, when you say the line, I want you to start turned away and then I want you to turn into camera or I want you to turn this way or I want you to step forward or step back or whatever, these very specific things because we were gonna cut right on those moments. Now, so you have, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's, if, if not the emotional height of the scene, it's close. And they are in it and alive and bringing so much of themselves and, they're executing what is essentially, I mean, like dance 
moves. You know, it was a very musical scene. It was, and but but we thought I thought of it in a way almost like we were, like an action sequence or something or a stunt sequence. It was like everything needs to be planned, mm. everything should be exact, and then that gives them all the freedom. I feel to you know not improvise the dialogue, but to to be in a true moment yeah. and and like julie was saying to 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 feel safe so that they can go where they need to go julie what was your reaction when you found out you'd be performing steven sondheim in this movie <laughs> terrified <laughs> terrified no i um we rehearsed and and practiced and then um Scarlett came in and had it in five minutes. And um, I don't think you know this, but Merritt came over to my house and we'd practice in my kitchen in front of the glass in the kitchen. And then um, Merritt and her, uh, uh, she's hilarious. She looked at me and she said, I'm so glad somebody's worse than me. <laughs> Thank you, Merritt. <laughs> you know, but only Merritt could say that with her heart full, you know. <laughs> but it was true. It was true. <laughs> well, let me end, Noah, by asking what the inspiration behind those two numbers from Company was. It's so unexpected and great. Well, that was something that initially came. Adam and I have talked about Company for a long time. Uh, and we even at some point were even like... He said, do you think there's a movie of company we could try to figure out or something? And, and in, in doing that, we, we, we both talked about it a lot, but I was listening to it a lot. I was watching old performances of it. Um, and I thought, like, I'd love Adam to see Sing being alive just anyway in something. And I half joked that I reverse engineered this whole movie just <laughs> to get Adam to sing being alive, which is really a half joke. I mean, I, I kind of, I had it as a thing that I was like a note that I kept. And, wow. um, and then I thought, well, then Scarlett and Julie and Merritt should have a song as well. And that they should be from the same musical because it, you know, in a way they'd still be talking to each other, even though they're, the songs function is very different things. I, but I also wanted the songs, um, to, to function the way they do in great musicals, which is that they're both, they give you character and they tell story so that the actor, the character is in a different place at the end of the song than they were at the beginning. And I thought, well, that would be great if, I, if that, I could kind of happen to that. And, and as you were pointing out, I think this, the, the, the movie did have these kind of hidden genres in it. And I, it, it really did allow for these things to push in these directions. Um, and the fact that they're performers, the fact that, you know, I always felt like Charlie is catching up the whole movie in a sense. You know, Nicole is there very early. She knows that she wants to change her life. You know, it's, it's her, her narrative is, is, is a narrative of, of, of finding a voice, refinding a voice, building herself up in a sense, mm. um, you know, escaping. And his is the narrative of breaking himself down, you know, maybe unwittingly. Uh, but, and that song provided that moment and, um, or a one of the moments. And Adam, you know, his, you know, it's just such a, it was a really 
remarkable thing to shoot the, the, many of these scenes, but that um, to be there, it's a place, Knickerbocker and the village, people might know. Um, and the only two time actually, I mean, even though they both have songs, I, I think of his being alive in her monologue actually in a way is yes. kind of, the bookends. yeah, mirror images of each other. And it's the only time actually the camera moves um, without any physical motivation. You know, the camera moves a lot in the movie because actors and character people are moving a lot. So it's, it's often, we dolly a lot, we pan a lot. Um, but the only time the camera moves without anyone moving to, to justify it is when Nicole is talking to Nora and when Charlie is singing Being Alive because I felt like it's internal movement. It's, it's an emotional shift. It's tectonic plates and, shifting. And now I'm really done, but has Mr. Sondheim seen the movie? Not to my knowledge, I'd love him to. I can't wait to hear what he thinks, because I, I love it. I congratulate you all, Noah, Alan, Julie, David. Thank you thank so you, much. David. Thanks to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening to Academy Conversations Uncut. We hope you enjoyed this unique access to a members-only Q&A at the Academy. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and help us reach film lovers around the world. This podcast was produced by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences.